0: I love Walter Coming Point, right there Wow, the little guy Oh, give me a break This is checking out They're gonna go This Kenny Mallard Should go home to his wife Cause so nobody here loves the him There's a star-
1: Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for your Boston Celtics. And we have a game, John. We have a game. We get to talk about a game, but then we have to take this huge break before we get another game. So here we are sitting smack dab in the middle, in between the two games. And we've talked a little bit behind the scenes on Twitter. You know, I'm changing a tune. A tune that I sang even just a week ago, I'm pretty sure. I didn't realize that Jason Tatum, like they said he was stronger and we saw those pictures, seeing him up against Wendell Carter, seeing him in the inside fighting through contact willingly. This is not, I you can just tell it's not (laughs) like, hey, it's preseason. I'm going to try it out based on his size, based on his aggressiveness. Based on the criticism and his desire to improve, I'm ready for him to be the four, John. Oh. I am. Um, I am. Um, I don't need him to be the three anymore. Oh, I, I still want oh, Jalen at the two. Don't get me wrong; I still want Jalen at the two, and I want to. I want to stay a little bit bigger. Oh and, my know, god, Oh at, my god, at point guard. Oh. But yeah, I don't want him at the three anymore. No, like. He's got, he's, he's filled out. The dude is
0: jacked. (laughs) He is jacked.
1: He is straight like, I don't know how much pounds he put on, but that is not the same body type. Maybe even since the Olympics, honestly, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even in just that period of time, he is, and he's not lost to anything. No, you know, like he hasn't lost a step. He hasn't, he, I was really kind of watching for that. Once I like, even before the dunks, you know, empowering in um, even as the game was just getting underway, I was kind of just watching him move. And I was like, I was like, God, he's big. Like you can see it everywhere. Like, it's not just shoulders. Like all they wanted to talk about was the shoulders, but it's everywhere. The dude had to have added 20 pounds. I mean, I don't – is that uh, – 15? I mean, seriously, yeah. Yeah. he's big.
0: He's big. I mean, I I don't think – it's big. I mean, I, I think the shoulders is where you see it the most, you know, where it looks like he has basketballs attached to both shoulders. You know what I mean? That That image of him lifting weights with the barbell in between is – his, his, like his hands right here and you see his shoulders and they're just like, oh, yeah. like, holy Moses, this guy is, he's, yeah. No, I, but yeah, it, I, it's
1: in his legs too, dude. It's in his thighs. Yeah. Like when you, like his ability to box. Out, he didn't he skip doesn't,
0: leg day is what you're saying. He,
1: he's what? <laughs> uh, yeah. He does not skip leg day. You know, he definitely <laughs> is doing the squats, you know, even if it is with the dumbbells. but the, like, but like his ability to get on the block. Yeah you know and like yeah. if he wants to develop a back to the basket game
0: mm-hmm.
1: he's got the lower body strength he's not a string bean in the legs with that jacked upper body he doesn't mm-hmm. skip leg day however you want to put it like he's got the he's got the balanced weight mm-hmm. to you know really i think push people around a little bit and carve out extra space you know down low so but yeah, you know, as we saw it's not like he's losing any quickness to try to turn the corner, spin and attack the rim.
0: Yeah. Well, I I thought it was interesting um Jared Weiss uh his article uh, for the Athletic really talked about, you know, how they're going they're trying to move Tatum's kind of spot. You know, he'd always had he had been on the perimeter, right? They always put him on the three-point arc and work from there. And now they're trying to really put him you know, more on the elbows and, and a little bit closer to the paint, um, kind of in a, in a Kawhi-esque, um, mold, which is interesting because of course Tatum is a much better three-point shooter. Um, I mean, just really devastating from three-point land, but the ability for him to kind of one dribble drive his way to, um, the basket and, and get free throws. I mean, again, um, you know, this is, that's, that's Paul Pierce's territory. That was where he worked, um, out of the elbows, and obviously that was that was something that that worked really well for Paul in getting the free throw line. The other thing is that you know we've seen Tatum over the years, his dribble drive it gets sometimes a little bit loose and can kind of lose the ball, um, and and that's because his hands are a little bit smaller than say Kawhi's or whatever it may be. Um, so having him work a little bit closer to the basket. Um certainly lessens the chance of having those turnovers kind of crop up as well. So I, I it's it's interesting. It's gonna be really wild to see him working out of that spot, but it also allows him to use his playmaking to a greater degree too. Um yeah, that's something that the biggest frustration for the Celtics offense that I've had over the last several years is that it's so parameter based. Yeah. And and their inability to kind of drive or 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 create um you know rolling lanes to the basket with their bigs or um, there's no way to work them in
1: and out. We're like already they, they on they the elbow. They never go in and out. Right. It's just around right. and around and around. And, and he around. can
0: find he can find cutters. He can dish to the corner now. I mean, it's just it opens some some doors. And what's been great is some of we've already seen some of the guys have said. I think it was Josh Richardson said. I didn't realize that Jason Ham could pass like that. That was probably the best thing I've heard throughout all, all the, uh, you know, since training camp opened was to hear that because if that's getting unlocked, okay, now we're talking about a different type of player than what we've been used to in Boston.
1: Yeah. And and it's not like he's not going to shoot three pointers. He's, you know, it's just the ball's going to move so that he can leak back out beyond the arc and, and find a defender who's not able to get position. I mean, if you're going to defend Jason Tatum, you kind of want him just dribbling out there and moving into that step back. I mean, you don't really want it because he's exceptionally good at hitting that, but, but at least, you know, you're not going to get, you know, kind of beat, right? You can, you can defend that in a predictable manner. Sometimes you can swing a double and the Celtics have not shown an ability to make anybody pay for scheming against it. Right. Doesn't mean they're always effective because he's incredibly talented, but they definitely you, def, you know, it's the easiest thing for them to scheme because there's really no counterpunch. And so this this changes that game. Now, even as we're talking about, you know, the physique changes, you know, we're going to go to Brown, but Grant Williams is going to get the real award as big and strong, you know, as Tatum got, you know, Grant Williams deserves a lot for hiring the chef, getting the work done. But Brown is also, you know, I don't, I don't know if he's really quicker. Like everybody's like, oh, he's quicker. I don't know if he is quicker or not. But for a guy that was already strong and quite springy, I mean, the dude can jump. Taking a few pounds off, um, I'm expecting many more alley oops. And I love seeing, um, it was Tatum that fed him that one, right? Didn't, didn't he, didn't he feed Brown for an oop? Uh, in that first so, game, like that yeah. was really nice to see, and I feel like I feel like during stretches they got a, they still got work to do. I mean they do, but that was the first game and it was fun to watch. But they still have some work to do, and it's it's around making uh, consistency around keeping the ball moving. They're still finding that dead spot where they're not doing it as well. But when they were doing it well the decision-making was super fast, right? Things like that alley-oop. And that was, that was great to see. And they have so many different looks, um, it, every, like the rotations, how smooth are the rotations, you know, and they went deep, right? He was able to bring in Langford and, you know, Neesmith at the end and that was a ton of fun. And, um, you know, to watch them climb back into it at the end against Orlando, that was a lot of fun, but, um, it, it was that it was just like some of the smoothest. Right? You didn't really notice when they subbed people. Like nothing really kind of changed. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, maybe who touched the ball, obviously, because it was different personnel. But you know, it just wasn't wasn't so disjointed. It's really nice uh, to
0: see. Yeah. Uh, well, look, let me go back to Jalen because I think I think Jalen is probably the story that didn't get talked about a lot in terms of the fact that he's coming back from wrist surgery, what does that mm-hmm. mean for his, his, you know, his handle? What does that mean for a shot? Um, how is he you know, going to be different coming into this? We didn't saw, yeah, we saw Tatum right in the play in, in the playoffs, obviously going to another level. We saw him go win a gold medal. But then Jalen, so it it really didn't get discussed. There's a lot of talk about Ime and and Brad and the guys coming in, but there was a real good chance that, you know, we'd see in Jalen Brown a guy that was going to be a step slow and and behind. And and as you said, didn't miss a beat. Really, (laughs) not only didn't miss a beat, was hot as hell starting off. I mean, he had like – I think like uh, you know 18, eighteen twenty out of the first twenty one points or something like that I mean he was unbelievable um, and that's what this team can do, and that's what he did last year, so to your point, not missing a beat, damn right i mean he he was he was really looking strong. The other thing that was interesting I'd, I'd like to get your thoughts on this, so Tatum bulks up right, Brown kind of slims down um. What, what do you, what does that do? I mean, certainly still Jalen Brown is a strong player. I mean, he's not, he's not some sort of shrinking violet. He's not, you know, going to become, you know, Trey Young, but <laughs> what does a slimmer Jalen Brown do? What does that do for this team? What does it do for him? Was he too big? And maybe now he's more nah, legitimate swingman. Like what do you nah, think? It's what, it,
1: it's what it does for them. Right. Mm-hmm. So in, at the very beginning, I said, I'm ready for Tatum to be at the four mm-hmm. and, but I still want Jalen at the two. Well, him being lighter definitely helps him stay at that two position. I mean, he's always been strong and he could swing all the way to the four and everything else. But for him to really, you know, be as effective as he possibly can on D to be like still as strong. But leaner, I mean, it's got to help with his lateral motion. I just think he's going to be better suited. So what it does is it puts him and Tatum farther away from each other, both in how they're used Mm -hmm. and in their skill sets and where they're strong, right? So they were kind of like a little too close. And then all we ever heard, right, the whole offseason was they have different skill sets and they complement each other. Well, the truth is is they didn't complement each other that well especially when they were going to be at the 2 and the 3, and they were kind of performing similar functions in the offense. And not the same, but similar, right, And a lot of that iso. Well, now Jalen goes to the 2, Tatum bumps up to the 4, Tatum's playing a little bit closer to the post and doing all of that, and then Jalen becomes this cutter, and he can defend what's probably, I mean, being – Similar strong enough to still switch all the way up to the four situationally depending, but even the, even if he's just a little step quicker, the two, it's just going to make him so much more effective at guarding the other team's best player, which is going to happen. Like he's going to get that assignment. So allowing him to be the guy who does some spot up threes so that he can be more effective on defense that way. And then occasionally be the cutter, you know, um, I think is it's pretty they're going to complement each other much better because now all of a sudden they're like completely different players in so many ways.
0: I I like that. I like, I like the way you put that because I think that's really interesting because you're right. That was the big thing we heard was how close they were and they duplicate each other and all this to see them kind of now moving away from each other um, in terms of the, maybe the positional fit perhaps, uh, i think that I think that's a really a really good idea and and it does you know if if you're gonna have you know if you're gonna have, and it's probably more on the defensive end i think um yeah. i mean certainly for for Tatum it does help in terms of posting up but as you said he's he's bigger but retains the quickness you know um I think with Jalen it's more about the defensive end and knowing that a lot of the guys he's gonna guard. Are of the smaller variety. I mean, how much bigger do you need to be, do you need to be to guard, say, Chris Middleton? You know, you don't really, you probably need to be lighter and quicker, um, yeah. to stay with him right around those screens. So I think that's, you know, maybe that was the judgment call and I, I'd love to know kind of what is, if, if, you know, what his thinking was going into that. Because if that's, you know, if that was what it was, that's a pretty interesting scenario because you look at the, you look around at who he's, who he's potentially is guarding? He's big enough still to guard a Tobias Harris or well, um, let's go you know, there. A guy like that, but
1: that's that's a really important point because the other thing that we've heard is that they're going to try to stagger those two mm-hmm. so that they're not always together mm-hmm. and and <laughs> they're different, but but still not so different that Tatum can't still slide down to the three mm-hmm. and Jalen couldn't still slide up to the three. And then that gives them – and again, back to that rotations and how much smoother it was and how their depth is more balanced. I mean, talk about flexibility with that. You know, if Jalen's on the bench and they want to have Rob for defensive purposes and then Horford out there and then Tatum slides down to the three so that he can play more out on the perimeter, mm-hmm. they can do that. Even if they sub, you know, um, Horford out and they've got Grant Williams. Well, then Grant plays the four – and Tatum yeah. slides down to the three. But then they can go completely the other way. When Tatum heads to the bench, then they could go like a Peyton Pritchard and a Marcus Smart, you know, or, you know, any – I mean, they or um, –
0: Schroeder. You
1: know, Schroeder is where I was going. Thank you. Peyton, so, yeah. you know, it could be Peyton and Schroeder. And mm-hmm. then, then Jalen slides up to the three. So I think – I honestly think that the way we're going to see that staggering of those rotations is – is going to be, you know, that they're going to be at the three when the other one's off the court. They're going to be at the two and the four when they're both on. And I think they're each going to play the three when the other one is off and they're going to kind of put the other pieces together in a, into what makes sense. And Schroeder with Brown and like a Peyton Pritchard, still smart would be fine, but you can see that really working uh, in my opinion because Schroeder can do the attacking and mm-hmm. Brown can be kind of the bailout.
0: Yeah. I see that uh, to maybe to close a thread on the, on the power forward piece and, and kind of talking about what, what we were talking about behind the scenes here, uh, in DMS, um, <laughs> when Byron, I really
1: told you that I was finally yeah. okay with him going to the four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got to into... give our man some props for hitting us up
0: today. Yes. Thank you, Byron. Byron Solomon, uh, uh, good man out there. Byron Solomon's hood, uh, at Byron Solomon's hood or at B Solomon's hood, I guess. My, my mistake. Um, (laughs) yeah. Uh, let's close, let's close the loop with the four position because, um, we talked, you know, through that conversation, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, where Grant Williams fits and, and Grant kind of doing the same thing as Jalen slimming down. And I think while he didn't get a ton of playing time and certainly not with the starters, because we talked about how deep the, the team is, um, the slimmed-down Grant, and I. there's a lot of people who dislike the Grant Williams experience, and I, I understand from last year why that would be. Um, but on the other side of things, and, and from the side that I look at, if he's a, an effective piece here in Boston, he just adds so much more versatility to this team uh, moving forward that you really, I don't want to say you need to hit on him, but if he becomes a competent, reliable NBA player, the amount of flexibility that you have as a team, whether he plays five, he plays four, um, you know, he's he's switchable and, and able to do those things, that is probably, you know, I'm not saying that's the most important thing on the roster. Clearly there's a lot of things that could go right, but – To hit on Grant Williams would be, it's, I think it's more than just a nice thing. I think it, it adds a a, a dimension to this team that we saw going back to the, the playoff win over the, the Raptors two years ago, or I guess technically a year ago, um, but two seasons ago, um, where his ability to switch and, and do that and play in a small ball five, it really, it really does help. And, um, so, you know, just talking about, so much about, yeah. yeah, so
1: much about him reminded me of Big Baby Davis and even, and, and I, I hope nobody takes this the wrong way and I hope the players don't listen. And you know, I'm, I'm making a point here rather than a character assassination. So I'm going to exaggerate it to make the point, but I always felt like there was some mental fragility with both of these players. You know, when they didn't fit, it really got in their heads. Right. And so, you know, when Big Baby, felt like he was on the outside or he wasn't like, you know, part of the crew and, and, and he wasn't in the rotation. Like he kind of did seem to become a little bit of a head case. And I don't mean that part about Kevin Garnett making him cry. I just mean, it was just like, he was struggling to find his way and he wore it all over his play, right? He wasn't hiding it from anybody who was watching the game. It was clear it was happening for him. And I felt like Grant Williams was kind of the same way. And, and I know it's just one preseason game, but like even the interview, I think it was, maybe it wasn't a pregame interview. Maybe I watched the interview that Amanda Flugrad and, uh, Mark, um, D'Amico. Yeah. D'Amico had with him. Yep. It's, it's his confidence, dude. You know, he, he feels better. And then when he comes out and he takes his first shot from three and it wasn't like it went in, it was like it went in perfectly you know, and there's just that snap, that confidence, like, dude, he's a different player in the mind because he committed to this. And, and and I, and I know like, I just lost like 30 pounds and I know I'm more confident when I lose the weight. Right. And whatever. And you feel better about yourself. And and like everybody who's ever had to struggle with that out there knows what that's like, but I don't think that Grant Williams looked that way or has that confidence you know, simply because the weight's gone and he thinks he looks better or feels better. It's because of the level of mental commitment that he decided I'm going to commit myself to solving this problem. And I'm going to do everything in my control over the summer to position myself to have a great year and change the narrative on me. And that's where that confidence comes from because he set his mind to a goal over the summer that was going to put him in a position to do that. And he accomplished it and you can see it and you know, and, and I think it is going to help that he's not as clunky of a fit in the lineup because of the weight loss. But I honestly think that even if he hadn't lost the weight, that he would still have been more comfortable this year because they would have found a way to put him into lineups that would have fit better. So I'm super optimistic that now that the lineups are better and it's just easier to fit him in on top of that effort that he made and that mental commitment that he made over the summer, that this could be an incredibly successful year for him because not only did he do what he was supposed to do, but yeah. the team did something to put him in a better position as well. And I think he's going to build off of that really, really
0: strong. Yeah, no, you're right. And I think that it, it, it did. There may have been that, that physical, a physical component of this where you know, I think he was probably not as big – or he was too big for what he wanted to be and for the the role he needed to play in last year as opposed to the prior season, his, for his rookie year. But I also think it was a mental thing at some point where he was just – you could tell he was just not where he wanted to be. He wasn't feeling right out there. He just – he looked in between. He, he Dude, was all – We've all,
1: we've all worked know. jobs. Yeah, where you just could, you went into work and you're like, I don't fit here. I hate it here, and you know, I think that's where he kind of, you know, probably got to. And he he could have demanded a trade. He could have been whiny about it. He could have sulked over the summer. Yeah. Like there's all kinds of unhealthy ways, and Lord knows the state of this country. <laughs> and the world right now and everything else. Like there's just so much negativity and new noise we all have to deal with on a day in and day out basis. And he could have succumbed to all of that. And instead he did something incredibly productive in the way that he was going to deal with that. It's so encouraging. And, and, you know, even if it doesn't work out here in Boston, like I really hope that he takes that just forward in life. He'll yeah. find he'll find a fit on a team, dude. He ain't going anywhere.
0: He's a smart He's guy. In this He's a smart yep. guy. Yeah. I know I think you're right. I think it's being young and figuring those things out is important. And you know, I think he has figured some things out, like you said, here or wherever it may be. Um Juan Hernan Gomez got the start and or Juancho, Um depending upon what one ch one Juan. wancho want. Uh and, yeah. That was almost, that was almost the the podcast title a couple of weeks ago. you millennials.
1: Uh, so Juan, 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 know What he's talking about?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: um. Anyway, so um, he, I, I liked his fit in the starting lineup. I, I'm not a, I'm not a lover of the two big lineup. Truthfully, um. Because I I like spacing, and and I think that gives more room for Tatum and Brown. And I like the energy Wancho played with. Um, What were your thoughts about his his spot in that kind of starting group? Did you like it? Did you not like it?
1: No, I I think it just showed that he's got a role out there, but he can't play the five. So when he's out there, he's going to play the four. But he's not going to play the four. This is going to be one of those scenarios where he's a guy who plugs in, when Tatum slides down to the three and Brown is on the bench. Right. So I think it just showed that, that he had a role, but they have so many different people that can fit different ways. Uh-huh. But I mean, honestly, it was at the end of the game when, you know, they had Neesmith and they had Langford and they had a little bit more of what you're describing. Um, just not with the starters, but the similar kind of concept about the spacing uh-huh. that they really kind of just, you know, started draining threes and, you know, Langford looks super confident out there as well. And The question mark with him is going to be health, right? Like it's him and Rob Williams are in a bucket together. And one of them got paid and one of them didn't. And, uh, or I should say extended and paid, you yeah. know, and one of them didn't. And, and it, but, but both of them have major question marks on whether or not that they can be consistent in the rotation. But at the same time, they, they both have minutes to give. It's gonna be interesting to see who's sitting on the outside of all this. You know, Cantor obviously just has a situational role and you know, they'll bring him in and plug him here and there, you know, but he's not gonna get a lot of minutes this year, in my opinion, you know. And I think that's okay. I think it's okay for him. He's a great locker room guy. He'll take it, you know, head up. Won't be a problem for him. Um and he'll and they're gonna need him. There's gonna be times when they're gonna need him to come in, but he's gonna have a lesser role. I, I think Wancho is on the fringe. You know, I think there's some yeah. things that he does nicely, but he's on the fringe. There's so many of these wings that could steal the minutes if they stay, you know, like Neesmith smith keeps bringing the energy and shooting confidently, then Wancho loses minutes. You know, Grant Williams takes that ride. Wancho loses minutes. Um, you know, even, even Langford, right? If Romeo, uh-huh. you know, continues to perform the way he did with that level of confidence, and keeps going after it, Wancho loses minutes because those players are all more effective coming off of the bench if they're spacing, they're ranging, and they're nailing threes. I liked the energy too, but I kind of feel like, you know, Cantor and and Wancho are a little bit on the perimeter, but it has a lot to do with how those younger depth guys actually do play.
0: If, well, if, yeah. if, if
1: he can't rely on them, then Wancho will get minutes. I think he'll be a consistent player for
0: him. Right. No, and that's—I think—that's the key difference, right? As from last year to this year, is last year there was no Wancho, there was no Josh Richardson, no—you know, <laughs> really no no Al Horford. Um, you know, it was it was a very skill, you know, very thin crew. This year, you have vets who you can rely on if the young guys don't step up, and. The, the challenge I see with the Wancho minutes or double big lineups with Horford and, and Rob playing is that when you, when you get back into the rotation, that does take out one more spot for minutes from Langford or Smith or in some cases Pritchard too. So mm-hmm. it, it does, it steps in the middle of that. Um, you know, in my ideal world, you have, you know, all of these, these various bench roles are filled by Romeo, Smith, Pritchard and, and, yeah. and, and, and Grant Williams. And if that's the case, that's the best possible world for the Boston Celtics moving forward. And likely, sure, but it's the best foot forward. The best thing about this roster construction as opposed to last is that if those guys do falter, there's other people who can step up. I mean, in this case, we're starting Wancho. You know, there's a chance they start Horford. If that, if these young guys step up, and geez, you know, just so happens we I go Tatum, Smith, Brown at the four three, the two through four. There's a lot of worse things in the world than that than that happening because that's forced you know you know Eme's hand in that, you know, look, you can't keep these guys off the court. And that's the problem you want to have as a coach. And I think a problem, the problem that the Celtics fans should be rooting for that May does have.
1: Yeah. All right. Hold on to that thought with Rob Williams because I have some thoughts there. We're back, and better than ever, all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your bonus. That's CLNS50. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Okay, Rob Williams. Yes. Ooh, see you on this <laughs> Um, Rob. He, he. So here's the thing with Rob. I, he's got this, he's got the paycheck. He wants the minutes. He struggled to stay on the oh, court. No,
0: you're not doing this. Are you? I no, no. Uh, I, no, no, so no, no. So there's
1: this whole <laughs> conversation. No, if you think I'm talking about trading, I'm not talking about trading.
0: No, but okay. Go ahead. Good. I'll stop talking. So,
1: so, <laughs> but you had a rough start. Here's my, here's my concern. I feel like there's a little bit of a focus whether it's coming from the team or in Rob's mind or not, it is it is a legitimate adjustment to make, right? He's kind of been one of those players that's like balls out, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we love that in Boston. We love that about him, and he's so talented. And it's really when he plays balls out that he has like this gin- enormous impact on the court. And I feel like it's also how he gets hurt. And so somebody, whether it's him, people, his handlers, his trainers, maybe it's the team. I think it's getting, I think there's an opportunity here. One game is a very ridiculous sample size to say that this is what it is. But I am a little concerned that it's going to be in Rob's head to dial it back and try to figure out the tempo and the pace so that he can stay healthy and kind of manage, like you hear LeBron, oh, all the greats talk about this, like how to turn it on and turn it off and still have an impact, but maintain your health, but not not give the fans what they deserve in the game and like really striking that balance. And I'm a little concerned that not only would it result in, a, in an adjustment year in a way for him, but I'm also concerned that, you know, it might limit his effectiveness for a while. Um, and we might, I think, I think there's going to be some sellers on Rob Williams throughout this year, because I think that it makes sense that he figure out they've got Horford, they've got the insurance. It, he should not feel pressure to continue to balls out and then miss 30 games and not be able to play and not be ready for the postseason. It makes sense that this year, They figure it out so that next year he's found that groove. He can be effective, but do that and still be confident and and build his confidence in that plan because they don't need him to be the starter. Next year, probably going to need him to be the starter. And if they're going to have him be the starter, he's got to be able to learn how to play 30 minutes without going out for 30 games because they're always going to need somebody else. It's going to screw the lineup up. It's going to be a problem. And so um, I I think there's going to be some sellers, and I I would I'm watching for it. I'm not saying that this is what's going on in the background, but I'm going to keep a close eye on it, and I'm going to try to remind myself throughout the season that there's going to be moments where me like, where's that Rob Williams I love? Yeah. Where did he go? He's so awesome. And <laughs> I gotta be patient because I think that this has to be in the equation for this season for him. It just has to.
0: Well, I, I, it was a little bit of lightning in a bottle, too. His, the whole Rob Williams experience has been a bit of, you know, can you believe this just happened? Um, and and the fact that it would be sustainable or is sustainable is, you know, I, I mean, I still think that's still up in the air. He has not been um, – he has been a, a a consistently good performer when he has played but his ability to consistently be a player who they can count on. That's been a little bit more of a challenge. And I think that's probably a good place for him to focus, frankly, now that he is going to make a sizable amount of money with this extension that kicks in next season, not this season, but next season. Um, but, but even with that, like, I, I hear what you're saying. I think that there is, I think there is pressure, Um you know, I've got the money and now I'm the starter and now I've got to run with it. Well, you know, and he's
1: not really that effective when he's not high motor, you know, he's not, it's not like he's a great shooter. It's not like, you know, it's, it's, it's that Marcus smart level of kinetic energy Mm -hmm. infusing on the floor. I mean, remember all those uninspired games they had last year, then all of a sudden, you know, when healthy, Cause we've seen some, some real duds from him, but that's cause he's been fighting through injury when legitimately healthy and going, you know, that crazy ball of energy. I mean, there were, there were times where he completely pulled that team out of just offense. Yeah. Nothing's moving right. and just totally jazzed them up. So that's the turn it on, turn it off piece. He's got to figure out when to do that. But he also has to figure out how to be effective when he's not doing that, mm-hmm. and that's what I that's what I think I saw I, in the first game is I yeah. didn't see him high motor, I also didn't see him being being all that effective without it.
0: I, I think he and these I think these with is is also has this yeah. similarities there as well, just right? not the
1: injury piece.
0: He, right, he didn't have the injury piece, but in terms of coming out there and just being great, you know, just energy, 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 it's great. But then. You know, to do what the Celtics need you to need these guys to do on a consistent basis for 82 games plus playoffs. It's not that sustainable. And, it's the
1: difference between role and rotation.
0: Yeah, sure. Exactly. Right. And and you can earn a, you can earn a role, but are you in the rotation? Are you a player who's getting, you know, 18, 20 minutes a night? Um, or in Rob's case, you know, 25, 30 minutes a night. Um, maybe even more. Right. I don't, I don't know that you can play with that energy level on a consistent basis, but having said that, you know, what are the, you know, I think that the thing that I look at from Rob, that his, his area of need is, is positioning. It's, it's being smart. It's being prepared. It's particularly on the defensive end. That's where his focus needs to be. Um, and I think I also, here's one thing I hate. We overreact to people miss shots. All the time, like as if like, well, he's got no value because he's 0 for 7. I mean, that's not, that's not true. Now, mm-hmm. that's, he, he made other mistakes out there. It's not as if that, you know, this was Rob Williams' best game ever and it just so happens he went 0 for 7. I mean, he, he struggled in other areas too, but I think it also becomes a bit overplayed too. Um, he, you know, he, he had some, some defensive miscues which are which are common with him, but have become less common over the last year You could chalk it up as a bad game. Now let's see what it looks like Saturday. you know, see what he looks like and, and see if things have but what about have, all the have quick whip
1: passing? you know like the he didn't have the ball moving like he used like when he was that kinetic ball of energy, right? like it was coming to him and he was almost like trying to figure out how to back to the basket. Instead yep. of whipping the ball around, and that's where I think he's so effective is like he's almost they got to know that he can backdoor him at any point and slam it, and then he's got a fake, he's got to come along the baseline as if he's doing the backdoor, and then he's got to curl, take the pass, and then keep the ball moving mm-hmm. so that threat draws the defense, and then it initiates the mismatch by him swinging it. Yeah. That wasn't happening, and and you know the ball movement is all we've heard about this team making a major as a team, right? We've heard about all the individual stuff, you know, and, and, you know, yeah, we want Tatum to be a playmaker and, you know, Schroeder, like you said, I didn't know he could pass. Like, I mean, Richardson right. saying, I didn't know he could pass like that, but, but the team, what we all are expecting is up-tempo, quick decision-making and lots of passing. Yeah, And if anybody yeah. on this squad from last year that you would have said, you know, would have like generated that it was Rob. Yeah. Over anybody. For sure. He was the guy who was doing that. So for him to come out in the first game, knowing that there's a big focus on it, and then that's like literally not what he showed us at all. I don't know if that's just, you know, Ime's, you know, game planning for right now, you know, if that was on purpose or if Rob wasn't just like comfortable with the sets yet, or I don't, I don't know what's going on with that for one game. But hopefully, you know that's something that'll get sorted out. And because I think he can, I think he can do that without the high motor, right? He doesn't have to come crashing to the ground when he's whipping the ball around. He doesn't even have to jump when he's coming along the baseline and faking it. You know, if the oop isn't there, then you know, no, no harm, no foul. But let's get him the ball. Let's get the let's get the ball moving. So, I I love I love what I heard about up tempo and passing. But I don't know that we totally saw that yet in game one. I, that's, when I said I think this team still got a lot of work to do, there was a couple of spurts of it, but I, you know, there was, they ran the break beautifully when they ran it. Mm-hmm. They got some good turnovers to initiate the break, but in large part, they were in half court a lot. And, and, uh, and, and, and defensively, I think, you know, gambling a little bit more, I'd like to see so that they do get those easy buckets. But even offensively, you know, they were a little bit more inside and out. But that ball wasn't weapon yet. You know, if you remember that playoff run when it was Terry and all the young guys and, mm-hmm. you know, Hayward is injured and Kyrie yeah. is out, the ball movement during that run was phenomenal. And yeah. we need to see ball movement
0: like that well, again. yeah. I mean, I, again, I you know, they've been in camp a week, so I, I'm not – I'm not, I'm not losing hope yet. Um, No, it's over. (laughs) And I know that's not what you're you're
1: saying. Come on, we're in Boston. It's over.
0: But, but he, he's, you know, I, yeah, I, I think that there were attempts there. You always see attempts. You always see the first in the preseason, even the first couple weeks of the season, you'll see attempts of trying to change the, the, you know, The chemistry, okay, the makeup of, of the DNA of what the team wants. We're going to run faster. We're going to do this. Get back to me at the end of November. You know, are they doing it consistently? Are they not doing it consistently? Um, and, and I think the defense probably was the bigger concern, uh, scheme wise, I think the defense, a a bad Orlando team really kind of running roughshod. I mean, Cole Anthony was just lighting them up. Suggs so lighting them up like that's a bigger concern to me than than even you know the offensive woes of you know and and missing shots I mean that's the other thing they're missing shots to me it looked like that's points worth not
1: going with a double big lineup though too
0: yeah but I also think it's part of them trying to feel their way through it too like what are we doing what's our job okay oh I got to do this I got to do that like it just felt a little disjointed at times. Which said to me, like, okay, they're, they're still in the process of trying to integrate these things that they're trying to start, you know? So the disjointedness yeah, I think of the that's defense, there. And the offense, you, that's where I'm pointed to.
1: Do you think this is in their nature or not? Because that's really what I was getting at. You know, how right. much do they have to fight to achieve that? Because there was a part of me, which is why I referenced that playoff run with the younger guys where I felt like it was in their nature and then like they're coming out and there's a big emphasis on this and it's a preseason game and it doesn't matter. And I feel like they're almost struggling to find it, right? Like I'd rather see the turnovers, you know, that's what preseason's for. So commit to the ball movement because that's your nature and that's going to be the team identity. And if there's a ton of turnovers and it's sloppy, well, so be it. That's what it takes in the preseason is like you said, trying, but I didn't see, I, I didn't see the trying, I'd rather I'd take the turnovers in a huge loss if they were getting through not you know telegraphing and not being as crisp as they need to be but i I didn't think we saw that so that's a flag it's not over, but that's a flag for me knowing that there's if that's the emphasis then why didn't we see a consistent effort on it even if it didn't look good
0: yeah i I don't know let's see what I, happens I, saturday i i yeah let's i I'm ready to <laughs> you know, take Saturday's game and take the third game and kind of say, okay, they've, they've figured it out. They're starting to figure it out. I mean, this is, this is a news. This is new schemes. This is new coaching. I mean, this is the first time we've seen this since, since doc was here. I mean, <laughs> that feels wow. like forever ago. Right. And 2013, you know, that's, that's the last time we went through such an overhaul of, of how this team operates. So,
1: and what was it before that? Did Doc come in in 06
0: for the 06, 07? Oh, 05. Oh, 05. Oh, 05 was his. So we've had thing, right? two coaches oh, four. in almost. 04? Oh, four. Oh, 04. Right? It was oh, 04. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I, I think don't... it was oh, 04. Cause I have Marcus... to go back and look. Yeah, because the Banks drafts. Yes, it's oh, 04. Because right. Okay. He started oh, 04, oh, 05. So three years before year. the
1: trade. that the. Yes. The year they brought Kevin Garnett that was year 3. Right. For Doc. So 0405
0: okay. 0506 0607 No, yeah, that was that, his fourth yeah. year. 0708 was his his fourth year. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, so I I just, So
1: seriously, I, like almost 20 years. We've only had two coaches.
0: <laughs> yeah, right? That's insane. So, you know, you 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 kind of look at that and say, okay, well, Jesus, don't wonder this is this is going to take some time. The thing is, Orlando's also has a new coach. There's a lot of teams with new coaches right now, mm-hmm. so that's not necessarily excuse. just, excuse. Oh well, you know, yeah. oh, of course. Uh, but but I think
1: well, it's not the regular season, so but yeah. so let me let let's go there then, and then we'll we'll kind of we'll wrap on this. And I have yeah. one little little nugget here from a listener, but um, so if we like how. I kind of don't care about the seed so much as I care about growth over the course of the season, mm-hmm. because I feel like if they're finishing strong, it doesn't really matter where they land. You know, it's, you're just only going to go so far as the team ceiling anyway. Um, you're going to have to beat all those teams you're going to meet in the postseason. Matchups help a little bit, might help you, you know, get through, you know, some rough patches, you know, if there's some clunkiness, you know, weariness getting started in the postseason and whatever. So how many games into this year? I know traditionally they say about 20, you know, landing right around Christmas break and all that. But do you think that holds, or are you going to kind of look more out to the all-star break and be like, okay, how does this team play heading into the all-star break? Not after the rest coming out of it. Mm -hmm. Because that's what I'm thinking. How do they finish? going into the all-star break because if this is like that mental grind, like I was just talking about and it's not their nature and they're fighting it and fighting it and fighting to find it and the consistency. And then they just kind of like wilt exhaustedly into, you know, the, the all-star break. I think that'll tell us a lot about where they're at and what they have got left for the finish. Whereas if they're kind of going in there and they're having some fun and yeah, they're kind of at the, you know, fringe at the bottom of the playoff picture, but they're kind of finding their way and they're getting energized and then they get a break and then they come back out. It's like, I feel, so for me, I'm actually going to wait until all-star break before I decide where this team's at. I mean, I think yeah. it requires a different level of
0: patience. That's fair. No, I think that's, I think that's really fair. I, and I, I would agree that more patience than usual would be a, a good idea. Um, you know, I think that it's, um, I think for, I think we're going to know a lot more about what may is expecting and, and how guys are held accountable. Cause that seemed to be the one kind of through line through a lot of the.
1: Yeah. The we wish Brad of, kicked our ass. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Which was, I thought kind of bizarre. And I thought, Weird. why wouldn't you tell him that when you're in the process thereof? But. Um, in any event, why wouldn't
1: you do it to each other so that he knew he had to step in right you know there's there's that that that's just good old fashioned scapegoating, yeah, and if that's what they need to turn the you know turn the page on last season, I'm fine with it but yeah. but yeah. that's you know let just call it what it is
0: yeah but i but I think you're right, I think it takes a longer it takes a longer run at least until Christmas at the very least, but yeah you're I mean yeah I think you're right, I think you're into February to see how does this really shake out and um, you know, even if you get healthy, if you stay healthy, it's it's going to take, I think, some time to find the rotations and find the right players because there are so many guys who are, you know, in that, you know, those kind of six through 10, 12 spots where, you know, things are open. It's an open season for that second route, that second kind of second five going in, I guess.
1: All right, we're going to end on this. Um, you may know I'm in a fantasy league yes. with some of our listeners. You've heard yes. me talk about that before. Yes. And, uh, I think I called it out a few weeks ago. Hey, are we doing this thing? So, uh, Russell runs the league. We are doing this thing. Cha-ching. And, uh, we have some communication going on in the chat <laughs> for the league and whatever, but he tagged this on and I thought you'd appreciate it. Um, he says, by the way, you should have your son back on sometime. It was very cool to see the multi-generation love of the Celtics. Makes me realize, as a listener, how long I have enjoyed you guys. You were the second podcast I ever downloaded from iTunes. And it's certainly the show that I have listened to the longest. If you ever want to put the amount of years we've been doing this, John, into perspective, mm-hmm. um, like literally the second podcast somebody ever listened to, Still listening after I don't even know how many years it's been now, I mean we're coming up on 16, 17, 15, 16, 15, 17 16, yeah. yeah somewhere in there, and uh and yeah, like that's we've been around since the very beginning of podcasting mm-hmm. and uh that's some serious tenure, dude so Thanks it's a, Russell. It's just we've gotten a lot of these lately. I don't know why. Maybe I've yeah. just been getting sentimental on the show here and there and the people that the the 50 people that are still with us uh I know it's not 50 but
0: no. It's, I, it's for, our well same core
1: that. I think it's still like we got this core group that we has do. really been around since the first two or three years and just continues to stay with us.
0: They're thick and, and thin. <laughs>
1: there's been some thin dude there's there's definitely been been some thick too (laughs) and we're not nearly as consistent as we were when we started this thing you know for obvious reasons but uh you know life and kids and commitments and all of that new jobs uh many times but uh you know russell i just appreciate you saying that and uh you know i gotta shout out bill who said hey are we doing this thing and you know we brought it up on the on the show and we are and it's a great great little fun group of listeners there hanging out in the fantasy league and uh my son's joining the fantasy league this year john
0: there you go wow big time way to go man
1: we'll bring him back on for sure as the season gets going he's uh in his first year at college and he's in communications and sports management and um
0: apple falling far from anyway
1: who would have thought that would have happened um (laughs) So, yeah, we'll bring him back on uh at some point here in the next few weeks. Maybe we'll do, like, a end-of-the-preseason wrap
0: prediction.
1: Go. And, you know, right when I start to get negative, we can bring him in to counter me.
0: <laughs> I love it. That sounds great. <laughs> I need help.
1: <laughs> you do sometimes. That's for sure.
0: True. That's true.
1: <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this week's show. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. I'll leave it at that. Great show. Great to see some Celtics basketball. And on behalf of my co-host, John Duke, the founder of CNS Media, Nick Gelso, I'm Justin Poulin. Thanks for listening to this episode of Celtics Stuff Live.